four, three, two, one. Jolly's podcast is back. It's episode 14. Barry, hit us with the rundown. What is going on? Okay, we're sorry we didn't post yesterday. It's just uh, we're going away on holidays and we have to pack and uh, get the sun, get the fake tan on, you know. So, ten layers deep. Here we go. So, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how we got on at the Malahide Festival, which was absolutely brilliant, and it was great to be, like, so local and have, like, the crack. Uh, we're also going to discuss our holiday and what we're doing exactly, and then what everyone is tuned in for, the recap of UFC 214. You know it. Yes. Uh, we're also going to talk we're about... Return UFC- of the go. We're also going to talk about UFC Mexico, uh, the Maymax Showtime. And also Katie Taylor, who is an absolute legend, and uh, she's a murderer. And uh, and then a two-second clip on the Magic Matters, new Manchester United legend. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're going to kick it off at the Malahide Festival, Roscoe. Uh, we went on Saturday. If you didn't see Ross, he actually looks like a celeb these days with the moustache. And the shirts, man, by the way. Yeah, those shirts are... <laughs> man, they're they're coming in a plentiful. Keep, out, keep an eye out. Actually, it was funny because... I actually got stopped at the Malahide Festival and some fella wanted to get in picture with me because he wanted to get my shirt and then also someone wrote on the Instagram where did you get that shirt? I think on yeah, your yeah. Instagram, yeah. yeah. So it was actually quite funny. That was, that was such a stupid question because like, like four of us were wearing shirts and some someone goes, where did you get the shirt? And he, 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 <laughs> he wasn't like, who actually got, like what? I was like, what shirt? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Malahide Festival was great. It was so loose. I saw so many people there that yeah. like, you don't run into on daily business. Or daily basis. Yeah. Um, Sean Donigan, uh, old school friend of both of ours. I didn't even know he was in the country. Yeah. Um, great to see him. Uh, Andy Elbert, big shout out to Andy. He was saying uh, yes. he was enjoying the work. He says sometimes he thinks the players are Egypt, but like, sure, what's new with that? Um, Very else? not new. Who else? Uh, obviously, Brian and Milky, yeah. absolute legends. Uh, Sam Kelly's always good to see. Yeah. Um, he got the first round, actually. Yeah, he did, yeah. Well, in fairness, I got the taxi, so like, he had to get some. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, then, well, obviously, like, Andy and the lads, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was cool, wasn't it? Like, uh, yeah. like it was such a good atmosphere, such a good vibe. Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it. It's um, it's a nice, like, sort of casual night as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just everyone was out in the street just, like, drinking pints and having the crack. Very yeah. Irish. I was saw sport as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a man. Yeah. This one didn't see Rob Ren, though. It would have been nice to see him. Yeah, yeah. You know who else I didn't see? I didn't see Glenn. I, re- or I was, like, convinced I was going to see him because he's, like, six foot seven and, like, I saw, hard to miss. I saw him on a Snapchat the next night and he was actually deranged. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new there. <laughs> Nothing new. Okay, so as I was saying earlier, we are 10 layers deep in fake tan and we're heading off to Marbella, sunny Spain tomorrow. Yeah. And if you don't understand sarcasm, we clearly have 20 layers on. So tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., we're getting a flight straight out to Marbella. There's six of us going. Myself, Ross. Do you want to lift the airport? Yeah. Or kind of yeah, that hasn't been actually sorted yet. Yeah. I was going to get onto that. Uh, so it's myself, Ross, Lloyd, Bruno, Burmo, and Sifra. And uh, we're heading off for a week tomorrow at 7 a.m. Ross, yeah, go. So you didn't get us any free tickets over there, but look. It is what it is. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, looking forward to a bit of sun, a few nights out with the lads, a bit of crack. Hopefully the lads aren't moaning at each other all the time. Our, our bunch of lads, they're all sound, but they're a serious bunch of moaners at each other, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, so hopefully they give up the moaning for the week. We have a bit of crack, a bit of lads time. I'm looking forward to like going down to the beach, like going on like banana boat, that sort of crack, and then like going to the water park. There are things I like to do. The lads are talking about golf. We all know it's not going to happen. We're all no. going to get really drunk on the first night, and then we'll be hung over for the rest of the holiday, <laughs> and there'll be no golf played. Yeah. It's funny when like people are getting ready for a holiday, they're like planning out stuff, like, like what clothes they're going to bring, how many times they can get the gym in, like getting the haircut and all that. Like it's just so it's so funny, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah it is. It's, guys, uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Guys have gotten a lot more into the prep for halls. Yeah. Uh, this time around, my prep was a lot different because normally I will go to the gym and go, go a bit more leading up to it. But I was actually really busy in work and I was practicing doing um, tours. So I was practicing giving tours in Jemison. So yeah. Now, if you want to get a tour from me in Jemison. Drop us a DM. I'll let you know what days I'll be in. As of the 10th of August. I was trying to think what month we're in. That's the... I will be giving tours in the Jemison Distillery in Smithfield. You want to come in and see me? Feel free. Yeah. That's a... That's a Thursday. I'll have to come in and give you a tour someday. Or I'll have to get you to come in and give you a tour someday. Here, by the way, Ross set a record for getting the... Yeah. Basically... 
you have to learn the script that's about 20 pages long and you have to get certified then. And apparently I was the fastest person to ever get certified to do it. So, yeah, no, I'm not really surprised. Yeah. <laughs> do, you have, do you have, like, a, a proper cert? No, you don't, get cert, you don't get cert, but, like, you have to get, like, people, like, they have, like, special craft ambassadors and managers. They, like, view you and make sure that you're able to give the tour in full. And what did you get? Did you get, like, a pay rise or did you just get, like, an extra bottle of like, whiskey? Uh, no, I actually got more bottles of whiskey now recently with my name on them. So, like, oh, I'm doing actually quite well, yeah. I must get you one, Barry. Oh, oh, I have to get one that says Energize on it, don't I? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Last <laughs> video. And then pretend someone sent it to us. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, the, uh, what's called... Uh, 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 I'm looking less than shape for this holiday, but sure, look, uh, uh, I'm in very good spirits these days. Yes. That's all that really matters, so... That is, that yeah. is actually it, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, like... The like, confidence is high. Well, that, that's all really what it is. Yeah. I mean, like, a lot of people just go to the gym to, like, get more confident, but, like, it does all come back to what's in your, in your mind. Like. Yeah, fact. Yeah. Whereas, like, if I don't go to the gym, I'm, like, crippled with anxiety. So, like, so yeah, we're man. going on holidays tomorrow, which is Wednesday. So, it'll be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't know why I was going to say Tuesday. Saturday, yeah. Sunday. And then we're going to do another podcast on Monday. So, we will do a podcast over there. Yeah. So, I hope you don't forget. Um, worst comes to worst, we'll do a podcast Tuesday over there because it'll be real scaldy. And I don't know how we're going to upload it, but we'll see what happens. We'll deal with all those problems, as always, when it comes to it. As always. As always. Okay. So we might as well move on to the main event of last week and the main event of the weekend. You all things UFC two fourteen. UFC two fourteen. What 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 would you like? What would you give your? What's your overall opinion of UFC two fourteen? Okay, first of all, on paper, the card of the year. Yeah, in terms yeah. of UFC, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It, the only thing that came close to it, UFC two eleven, but this was better in my opinion. The return of Johnny Bones Jones versus Daniel Cormier, it's like epitomised what UFC is. It's two of the best pound for pound fighters in the world going toe to toe, and two of the most heated rivals going toe to toe. Yeah, but we'll wait a few minutes to get to that because I always think it's nice to start at the bottom of the card and work your way up. What do you think, Barry? Started at the bottom now, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Okay. we have to start off with the fight of the night. In the featherweight division, Brian Ortega took on Renato Marciano. Uh, both guys were actually undefeated before this fight. And uh, there could be a potential superstar in Brian Ortega. Yeah, people are really high on Brian Ortega. I have been for a while, but after seeing this fight, I was, I'm actually much higher on him than I was before. Due to a couple of facts, okay? They, they were, you know, around a piece going into the third round, right? Yeah. Brian Ortega is after getting his fourth finish in a row in the third round. Therefore, he can finish his fights at any stage, which is imp impressive in, in itself, right? Yeah. Not only that, but I would have questions about him on his feet. He's shown to have an iron chin, and off his back, he's the best fighter in the UFC. And I mean bar none. That, that is a bold I mean statement. bar none. This guy is incredible off his back. His jiu-jitsu is phenomenal. He has three... Three of his last four wins have been uh, by submission. And what, they've all been third round. So it doesn't matter if you take him into deep water. He's still dangerous. Then. What about uh, what about your man who beat Travis Brown, Ozzy Demir? Oh, I, I can't even... <laughs> that, that's... <laughs> that, Oli Neynuk. Yeah, Oli Neynuk. Yeah, yeah. Um, that guy. No, he's not as good as Brian Ortega. He's just yeah. not. No, Brian Ortega, T-City. T-City is what they call him. That's his nickname. Phenomenal. I'm really excited to see who they're going to match him up against next. Oh, we could see him going up against a Yaya Rodriguez type character. Some flashy. Uh, that I'd be really interested to see that. So, hopefully, Brian Ortega, sky's the limit. Yeah. I mean, um, he, was, he was once on the Big Brown Breakdown and uh, he yeah. told his whole story how he came back from like being like kicked out of school and being a juvenile delinquent and then focusing on this and now teaching people and then it's funny how like you can be like a total waster and then turn into an inspiration although I would like to see him sort of be three more fights away from a title shot I don't want to see him get rushed into a title fight and then he fights for the title too early and you know but I think they, in the UFC they sort of like right straight to the top straight to the top yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I think that's sort of but he has, what's happened he has everything like uh, I remember a reporter after saying to Dana White that like Brian Ortega has the look he has the hair yeah. he has the attitude like what and, more and do you need finisher as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I know you finish her, but I'm sure the UFC would love a late round finish. So you get loads of action, and then you finish the fight. Yeah, we were actually asked to specifically talk about that fight. Yeah, as well, you know that, right? Uh, Going to move on to the catchweight bout. Aljamain Sterling defeated Renan Brow 
by a unanimous decision. Um, we both actually predicted this, and uh, are you surprised? Um, not so much. Brown looked very good in the first round. Brown still has that one first round in him. He definitely won the first round, in my opinion. But then Aljo absolutely dominated in the second round. Got a body triangle in. And look, Aljamain Sterling, his grappling is one of the best. He's got a phenomenal look. But the only thing about him is, he's not overly that exciting to watch. You said this it's last... very grapple heavy and a lack of finish. You said this last week that he lacks finishes and he's after lacking another finish. Yeah. He looked more happy to meet The Rock after than actually winning his fight. Well, in fairness, I'd be fairly happy to meet The Rock. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, like if he's going to... This is his career, you know what I mean? I'm sort of thinking, at uh, 135, where does he really come in? Where does he fit the bill? And, like, as good as he is, like, you really you stack him up against Cody Garbrandt. And I think Cody Garbrandt would knock him knock out. Knock him out, yeah. yeah. Same here. Yeah, to be honest, that's just the way I feel. Especially after seeing Cody Garbrandt fight Dominic Cruz. It was just probably the best, one of the best performances I've ever seen. Well, what... Where can you see him going from here now? Would you like to see him fight TJ or something, maybe? Um, well, it's going to be T- TJ versus Garbrandt next, isn't it? So Well, like that's going to be a while away, no? Oh, no, it could be in the New York card. So, um, where would I like to see Aldo go next? Maybe Aldo versus Jimmy Rivera. There we go. He'd be, he'd be quite taller than him, wouldn't he? Yeah, but it'd be an interesting style matchup, sure. Yeah, Why sure. Not? One of them has to be chopped off, really. Yeah. Okay, we're going to move on to the featherweight bout. Between Ricardo Lamas against Jason Knight. Uh, we we ate our words on this one, Barry. Yeah, we both predicted that uh, Lamas had run his course, but uh, TKO. We what, yeah. what do you say about this now? Jason Knight did an excellent job in this fight of blocking those punches with his face. Great shield. Um, look, I think this is one of, <laughs> one of these occasions where you're sort of willing someone to be a better prospect than they probably are. And you saw them in this wild crazy slugfest and you were like he's the man yeah yeah we as opposed him. to Ricardo Lamas calm cool under pressure picked the shots and just showed how much of a superior fighter he is um, look yeah. I, I almost well we never doubted that no no we didn't we always said he he, he struggles against the upper echelon and it, it it's sort of weird he gave me this belief that Ricardo Lamas maybe does have that bit more dog in the fight than we gave him credit for yeah. I didn't realise he actually has 6 UFC finishes which is a hell of a lot more than I thought he did um, but so, he's been around a while Oh no in fairness He's been around a very long time yeah. But I actually almost think With the new landscape At 145 I think He maybe even has a chance Of having another run at the belt Whether he actually get the belt or not I can see him fighting for a title though, One more time I, I, I can't see well, not many people, not. Yeah, not many people Have actually seen him Sort of reach to the sort of summit So For a lot of people They probably wouldn't know him as well yeah. You know what In I mean? fairness He was on the biggest card Of the year And he put in one of the best performances of his yeah, career. So, yeah. look, in that one, 145-pound division, people are going to be starting talking about Ricardo Lamas again. And he's put himself in a great opportunity to get another big fight. Who knows, he could even get a rematch against Aldo. And if he can beat Aldo, well then, you know what I mean? He's, he's, knocked on, he's knocking on that door. Yeah, well, he looked more impressive than Aldo did in his last fight, didn't he? Yeah. Well, at first, it was a very one-sided drubbing. Yeah. Speaking of one-sided comics. <laughs> okay, we're going on to... My main man. Okay, the light heavyweight bout between Volga and Ozodemir defeating Jimmy Manoa. Um, Put it this way, if you went to the Jacks, you missed the fight. Yeah. If you, if you went to make a cup of tea, you missed the fight. If you went to let your dog in from out the back, you missed the fight. Um, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to think what else you could do to miss the fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, look, the thing is... If you went to get your pizza off the pizza man, you missed the fight. Vol- Volkan sort of creeped his way up to the top five. And I wouldn't say like that many people would be aware of him. He, like, he doesn't really have a look. There's nothing like... like He doesn't even have tattoos. There's no like... There he is. But uh, that finish was like... Was putting Jimmy Manoa completely out of any title race ever. I found something out about Volkan yesterday. What a second name. <laughs> <laughs> Polkan Ozemir but my problem was that I almost didn't want to find it out because by finding it out it made me be a bit more aware of why he's so good okay Polkan Ozemir for the last year and a half has actually been Anthony Rumble Johnson's number one sparring partner oh yeah yeah the less I know about Volkan the more I like him the more endearing he is I don't know what it is about him I think it's because he's this like European killer that's yeah. just line up to guys because there's nothing that like physically he's not that big at light heavyweight yeah. And despite like he's a bit, he looks a bit not scrawny, but he looks real like narrow. 
narrow he, frame. He looks like the fellow who sits down at the end of the bar and then like someone tips off him and then like makes a smart comp and then he just gets up and sparks you over. He is absolute scary. And the thing about it is like knockouts is that they don't look very much. Sure they don't. As in like it's not no. like he hits you with like a, this absolute wild swinging punch and like they get dropped. He just sort of does these like there's such power in his short point. range. Yeah, he's very accurate. Um, he, so he's after knocking Misha Misha Serkinov, who's currently number nine ranked light heavyweight. I think he was number six or seven at the time. Okay. And Jimmy Manoa, who was ranked number three at the time, he's knocked both of those two out. Yeah. In a combined time of under ninety seconds. Like what more do you want from the fella? John Jones couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, I saw on Twitter he's after calling out Gustafson. He's like, let's b- battle this out, and then the winner gets the, the next title fight. I'm down for that battle of the the battle of the Europeans. But then, where would you say they have that? Would you say they have that in Europe? They might put it in Sweden because they love doing that big big Stockholm stadium for Gustafsson. What what way did you see that fight go? I'm There's just something about Volkan. I can't pick against him now. Like he's, I think yeah. he's my guy. I think he's my guy. I'm, now. I'm a big fan of Gusty. I don't want to like, turn against him. <laughs> yeah, though. I don't know. Fair. My head says Gustafsson, but like. I don't know. I think I stubbornly <laughs> picked Volcan against Jimmy Manoa, and then after like he proved me right, I can't not pick against yeah, him. Now. Yeah, yeah. I think he has to be my guy. You're a guy. Jesus, that fight would be deadly if it just went. Yeah. went all five. Yeah, and I, I feel very bad for Jimmy Manoa now because he's like really been like brought right back down to like sort of number ten level. Was he not? Was he not just getting hyped up just to, like for the crack? In fairness, his win against Ovin St. Perry was very impressive. Yeah, but OSP isn't like anything major, as we've seen. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll see how it goes. But look, I think Jimmy Manoa, if you're going to stand with Jimmy Manoa, he's going to have a very high chance of winning. Yeah, but, but now that he's lost to Anthony Rumble Johnson and to Volcan, it shows he can be outgunned as well. Yeah. So Yeah, there was a lot of hype like surrounding Manoa going in, mm. going into this event as well just to be like oh if he wins he could be next in line for a title fight do you think he was thinking one step ahead and not, taking, so. not concentrating and on, also on, on he this? was also the filler opponent like if Jones or DC yeah. pulled out last minute he was the one who was getting the call so maybe in his head he was like he wasn't preparing for Volkan he was preparing for Jones or he was preparing for go. DC and you know he let Volkan slip and obviously Volkan is not one to be messed with yeah how can you like going into a fight how can you automatically think a fight ahead like 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 put it this way like finish your dinner and then worry about the dessert after you know yeah I, I have to agree with that and I think sometimes you have to do think a bit of a head but like you almost need your corner man to be like don't forget to call out so and so after you yeah. know what I mean it almost needs to be like that your sole concentration should be on that that's why you need a management team they should come in and tell you what you should say afterwards yeah that's just my opinion on but sure look we talked about a million times longer than that fight was there on that fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to the welterweight bout between Robbie Lawler and Donald Cerrone. Uh, this one went to decision and... Uh, Robbie Lawler got the nod. Robbie Lawler got the nod. We thought Robbie Lawler would win. See, yeah. this, this fight, I think the worst thing about this fight was it wasn't a five-round fight. Yeah. You know what? I think if they ran this fight back for five rounds, not one person would even give, a, give out about yeah. it. Um... My opinion, uh, I think we sort of called it, and we said um, Lawler was a bit of a slower starter, but he wasn't in this fight. He came out swinging, he got that, uh, he got that clinch, and he really, he really beat up Cerrone quite badly. Cerrone was a bit more composed. It was the, the good Donald Cerrone you've seen at welterweight. Yeah, mixing the takedowns, great stand up, got a one or two cheeky head kicks in. Cerrone looked great in the second round, but. Like I said, time and time again, when it comes to that third round, the person you want back in your yeah. corner is Robbie Lawler. Yeah, he does not win. The, he does not lose the last round of any fight. If you, if you um, look, if you look at the training going into both, like Lawler's after taking a year off, mm. and like Cowboys still drinking the beers, and you know, they're, I mean? they're actually they're actually talking about Lawler getting the next title shot now. Yeah, just, yeah. just due to like there is no one else. Yeah, true. Yeah, I was so surprised with that after that. Yeah. Uh, there's such a lack of. Bodies in yeah contenders in the, in the welterweight division, especially, yeah. especially contenders supposed to be like the most talented division as well. Yeah. There's no, no clear cut contender. Somebody's Robbie Lawler by default. The company took a year off, beat someone who used to be a lightweight, and now it's like almost the number one contender. He'd probably be number one ranked uh, welterweight when come to UFC rankings. I'd rather see him fight uh, Wonder Boy. You know, well Lawler versus Wonder Boy. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down for that as well. Yeah, that'd be like a good like a, a good battle. Um, what you make a cowboy now? Look, it's not too much of a, a loss. Like, he's after fighting one of the best guys in the division. Yeah. I mean, look fine doing it. Um, personally, why doesn't he just do everyone a favour and take his career a bit more seriously? You know what I mean? I know, I know. 
I feel like if there was like a 160 or a 165 pound division, that would really suit Cowboy. I think he's unfortunately in between weight classes. Yeah. He's uh he's like he struggles to make the 155 too much. Like it takes too much out of body. You can see in the performances. Yeah. And then at 170, he can't beat that upper echelon because like they have the size advantage over. Yeah. I feel that's just the way it is. So I'll be interested to see what happens with Cowboy. I'd like to see Cowboy fight next against oh, I'd like to see him fight your man Santiago Pozzabino. I think that'd be a fight for Cowboy. The, the guy who just beat uh, Gordon Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. yeah. I'll get down for that one. Alright. Um, okay. Going to move on to the first title fight of the night. It was Cyborg versus Tanya Evinger. Um, this sort of went according to plan for, for, for Cyborg. Cyborg. Yeah. In fairness, I don't know about you, Barry, but did it not feel like uh, Cyborg title defence? What you mean? Like you thought she was already the champ going uh, in? Basically, yeah. Well, she, the division was created for her. Yeah, no, but that's what I mean. Like, it felt like a cyborg title defense as opposed to two people fighting for the vacant title. This it, it sort of the fight sort of reminded me of like say when you have a snake in the box and you, it's feeding time. You put the mouse in, the mouse was running around, and the snake is eventually going to get you. Just toys around. Very, that's actually a very good analogy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it was like someone being stoned to death, like, as in, like, <laughs> uh, like, Cyborg was throwing punches all day, and they were connecting on Evinger, and it was yeah. more so, when was Evinger going to drop? And that's yeah. what we sort of predicted the fight to be. It, was, yeah. it wasn't It was so much how Cyborg was going to win, it was more so when Cyborg was going to win. Joe, you the UFC were trying to promote her and stuff, uh, Evinger now, and when they were tagging her in the photographs, they, like, were putting the wrong handle in. Like, that's, like, the same sort of scenario as Durandamy. Like I guarantee you Conor McGregor They wouldn't get that wrong They, they must have some intern In the UFC featherweight Interim <laughs> So um, Yeah look Cyborg's won It's going to be interesting To see who's going to fight next Because Obviously there's talks Of uh, Megan Anderson Because I actually Was calling her Megan Anderson Was actually yeah. Megan Anderson uh, Holly Holmes In the title t- uh, Chat now again oh, I wouldn't mind seeing that Just because Holly Holmes Is a very good striker And it'll yeah. be interesting To see how it go And then Kat Sangano Is another name person That's put her name forward So It'll be interesting to see. But Cyborg came out and goes, girls, you missed your opportunity. You should have been fighting me when I was making that catchway at 140. Because she's a different animal at 145. Yeah. Do you know I can see the Holly Holm thing happening just because she trains with John Jones now. And John Jones is... Like, He's back. Yeah, when there's, yeah, when there's a belt around mm-hmm. the camp, there's more like everyone else wants to have Those who are actually well. best friends as well. Like, John yeah, Jones so, in yeah. his uh, embedded videos was wearing like Holly Holm t-shirts. Yeah. And like, they were like, he was getting his blue belt in jiu-jitsu and she yeah, was there yeah, yeah. for him. So like, she must, must you know what, I think it's because like he was going through such a bad time and she's real holy. Yeah. That like maybe he was like she was trying to do like. No way, the preacher's daughter. Yeah, <laughs> she was probably like trying to like help him. Yeah. Yeah, she's, in fairness, she's probably a great person around. I've never heard one person ever say a bad word about Holly Holm. Uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, but we saw how that ended. Yeah. We saw that ended. Um, yeah. By the way, Cyborg is like such a big following as well. Yeah, it was cool the way she like got up on stage and she had the whole Brazil flag across her face and stuff. Yeah, it really shows like sort of the theatrics point. Of, well, I like theatrics. Yeah, yeah, she's a huge fan base. So we're moving on to what Stephanie wasn't for the night. Yeah, okay, we're moving on to the welterweight title. I want to hear what you have to say about this, Barry, and then I'm going to tell you my opinion and. You know what I'm going to do. You know I'm going to defend my boy, so okay. let, let me hear what you have to say. Okay, Tyron Woodley took on Demi Maia, and it went to a unanimous decision for Tyron Woodley. Um, to be honest, like when you when you see someone of that stature and the physique on Tyron Woodley and how strong he is and how if he pounces on you, he's going to like put you to sleep. And the way he just like didn't, like after the first round, he didn't really go for gold and sort of dragged out the fight and like bear in mind over in Ireland it's about like 5 o'clock in the morning so you're like falling asleep and stuff it's not entertaining and it's not what you want to see and I wasn't impressed I really wasn't impressed and nor he was actually like almost like booed out of the stadium as well <laughs> <laughs> look I don't know why but I felt like I've 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 dug my de- uh, my grave so deep with Tyrone Woody that I like I'm lying in it you have so, a tattoo yeah yeah so look my boy T. Wood Let's get down to it. He was fighting the most dangerous grappler the UFC has ever seen. Damian Maya is an absolute anaconda. Yeah. He avoided being strangled by that anaconda for 25 straight minutes. Damian Maya made 21 attempts to take Woody down. 
zero successful. Can't believe that. Um, also, when it comes down to it, people like when it comes down to it, they go back to they're like, "Oh, this is the third fight in a row now that Woody hasn't, you know, yeah. who hasn't finished anyone, and they've, you know, some people say they were uh, like not great fights." Right, you take the first Wonder Boy fight. It was a fight of the night. It was actually a great fight. Yeah, yeah. Then you take the second Wonder Boy fight. It was actually quite similar to the first fight. If you uh, actually really think less action, though, less slightly action. less. But at the end of the day, you know what I mean. He's fighting the best striker in the UFC, yeah. and he stood with him for five rounds. Yeah. So like, pretty impressive feat. Now he's fighting the best grappler. You know what I mean? He's fighting an absolute specialist, and then people are like, oh well, you didn't grapple with him. It's like. Well, of course he didn't yeah, grab no, him. I, I think people are sort of thinking Tyron Woodley, they want him to fight more like a Chuck Liddell sort of yeah. thing. But like, yeah, I understand him going in being smart about it. Obviously, being smart about it was the way you win. But it's just sort of like... He also tore his shoulder in the first round. Yeah, I know, yeah, but you just sort of you want something I know, more. I, I know you're looking for him to absolutely land yeah, that yeah. haymaker and absolutely knock him out cold like you did with Robbie Lawler. But look, he went in and fought Robbie Lawler and he got that one done early. Yeah, I know, I think, yeah. I think, I think that's almost because he knew... He had to get it done early, otherwise he was going to be in this absolute brawl. And like, Lawler's not someone you break. The thing is, I don't think anyone in that division is going to be able to beat Woodley as well. That's 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 the other thing. Like, everyone wants to criticize him, but no yeah. one can actually beat him. And the other thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. the other thing is about it, right. I was on, t- I was like, I was, I never go on Twitter, but I was actually on the internet and like it was showing me all the Twitter feeds from all these other fighters who were like Slade and Tyron Woodley. Yeah. But I was looking at it, and I hate that because I looked at so many of them, never fought for a title. And you're there slating a champ. What, what were they sort of saying? They were like, oh, he didn't engage and oh, that was so boring. And another thing, the UFC were actually throwing Tyron Woodley under the bus. Yeah. Dana White's out there going, why would you ever watch, pay to watch Tyron Woodley fight? Like, that, he's yeah. his guy. You know what I mean? He's his, you, he's his champion at the welterweight division. Knowing that, but Joe Rogan's first question sort of said it all. He came in and he goes, oh, so this was the uh, least amount of punches thrown in a fight in UFC title history, yeah. which is actually not true. It was actually the least amount of punches thrown in a UFC welterweight title fight. Okay. So that's different yet again. And it was just like... Yeah, but still. To, but yeah, still, but that to be Joe Rogan's first question. Joe Rogan's never asked a question with that sort of uh, angle before. So that was in his ear. So someone from the UFC is saying that. To ask that question, okay. they're almost making Tyrone Woodley this sort of bad guy. Yeah, but do, do, do you not think like if they light a fire up his ass, he, he'll go in next time and try and explode on someone again? Because if he fights Lawler again, he'd be like, right, boom. See, I think Tyrone Woodley's extraordinarily intelligent, and like he's fought, he's fought Wonder Boy, and he beat Wonder Boy. He yeah. has he has a game plan, and he's not changing yeah. it because you're booing him. No, no, I understand that. Yeah, so like I think it's it's not really going to change it. But he, he's, so, he's so like desperate to be like like. Put on the same pedestal as McGregor, he's all like, but like he's not doing the the damage. If you know what I mean, he's not. I, I feel I know, I, I, like I, I he's get making excuses. And then he was on uh, the MMA hour, and he was like, "If Dana White doesn't apologize, I'm gonna rat them out. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell all the secrets." And then Ariel was like, "What really? Tell me the secrets now?" And he's like, "No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. You know what I mean? Like, just like he's just like such a like a child, like just being like." Giving me my ball back and going home. Like, oh, it's just, it's there's something about him, man. It's just you can't fall in love with him. Like you want to, like, like Bisping is way more likable than Woodley. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I oh, can understand where you're coming from. The thing with Bisping is he's an absolute prick, but <laughs> everyone knows he's a prick, and he's been consistently prick for such a long time that you're like, I quite like him because I know he, I know he's a prick, but he knows he's a prick, and he's always been a prick. So therefore. He hasn't changed. Do you, know what, do you know what the weird thing about it is with Woodley as well? Like people can't can't like fall in love with him, okay? But like he's acting the way any champion should be. Like he's acting confident. He's training yeah. hard. He's doing all the work on the side. He's like doing all the promotional stuff. He's commentating. He's also defended his belt four times in the last year, and no one's yeah. done that. Yeah, but like you still can't fall. You still can't be like emotionally invested in him. I I almost think Woodley needs to be like fuck the fans. But not in like not in a bad way, but as in like he's just like not paying attention to what's happening. Yeah, no, do. I do get you. Yeah, because it, like it's, him, it's too much. It's too much wanting to be liked. Yeah, the same way the Cormier thing. I think I just like him because like I I I I seen it in him. If that makes sense, I think once I pick a guy, to start winning, and he consistently keeps winning, like Volkan, like when I was picking Woodley to beat Lawler, and I I think those guys just become my guy, and that's just it. And there's somehow Woodley that I. When he when he says what he means, I understand it. If that makes sense. No, I get it. What he says, what he says actually makes sense. I get mm. that. Yeah, it's just sort of like 
it's just not working. It's like you have no, the key. It's, it's like you have the key and you're trying to open the door and it's just the wrong key. Like, and that's just just it. Like, he yeah. hasn't found his niche and he's 35 now as well, so he better like start cracking. But like he's always fighting the good guy. Like, put yeah, he's in, always the bad guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, because like Robbie Daniel Lawler. Daniel Moy is the nice guy on TV. Yeah, exactly. Like with Robbie Lawler, everyone loved Robbie the, Lawler. The absolute right? zombie. Yeah. Man. Then Wonder Boy, like Wonder Boy. Power Ranger. Yeah, you couldn't meet a nicer guy. Yeah. Then, sorry, what? Then Wonder Boy again. And then Damien Moya, who's just like such a. Like the Jedi of Jiu Jitsu. And the, the only thing now, there's no clear opponent, as we said. Uh, yeah. Dana White was saying before the fight that the winner of Moya and Woodley would fight GSP. And now after the fight, he was like, no. Biz being GSP is back on. Um, I don't like that Dana White's so like. It's so easy to be like chopping and changing. Says what he wants, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the way he can just say something and go, actually, no. Yeah, I think that's not fair on... It, it doesn't matter if it was Woodley. If Moya won that fight, I don't think it would be GSP Moya anyway. Know, yeah. uh, look, you're taking probably like a four or five million payday away from Woodley and yeah. like his next fight will probably make about 800 grand in comparison. So the great thing about Woodley for this fight is that he would have been getting pay-per-view points as a champion. So therefore, he will make serious bank off yeah. this. Yeah, but like, what fight would you rather see? Woodley against GSP or... Uh, Bisping GSP Bisping GSP yeah. I'd rather just see Bisping GSP but just more so for the fact that that fight's only going to happen once you can always come back to the Woodley GSP fight Yeah. so therefore I'd rather see Bisping GSP but like who's the best person in the UFC history to ta- on, for uh, taking down people oh it's George St. Pierre yeah so like him against Woodley would have been like a good like it would have been a good like George St. Pierre battle. is in my opinion the best game planning UFC fighter of all time when he fought Josh Koscheck, Josh Koscheck was a really high level wrestler. He jabbed him all day. Anyone else he's fought, he's been able to wrestle them, take them down. He's always been able to dictate where the fight's taking place. You put him in against Tyrone Woodley, and it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. I can see GSP going, fighting Bisping. If he wins, I can see him dropping down and fighting Woodley at 170 anyway. Yeah. Well, do, do, do you think they're not doing I don't see GSP fighting Whitaker, put it that way. No. Do you see, do you see it going, they're having the Bisping fight just so, like, GSP. Get, like gets to gets to gets used to like not having the IVs and, and stuff like that. So then next time making the code easier to go down to welterweight. I don't even see it that. I think GSP wants to be known as like a two weight division champion. I think because oh, McGregor, then, okay, I think yeah, McGregor yeah. came in and like now that's become a thing. Joe, he I, wants to do it as well. I haven't heard anyone put that spin on it being like a two weight world champion. Yeah. Like because like I totally didn't think that. Yeah. At all. But that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I guess I guess there's only one fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. But hold, before we move on, before we move on. Okay. Okay. Woodley, who's Woodley get next? I think you're going to do Robbie Lawler. I just think they're yeah. Here. Yeah. Well, what's the story? Like, you know I'll, what I'd love to see? I'd love to see Moya fight Wonderboy. Yeah. Just because it's such an interesting like style to clash. To see if he gets him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just to see if he gets him down. When you're, watching, when you're watching Moya, you're either like, as soon as he grabs home, you're like, he's got him. And then like when he doesn't have home, you're like, oh, it looks a bit nasty because the stand-up <laughs> like, isn't at that level. Yeah, so, isn't that? Yeah. No. Yeah, he doesn't really have the stand-up. Are you ready? Yeah. Man! Man! <laughs> Moving on to the main event of the evening. I think that's the first time we ever didn't do it in sync. Yeah, what? Yeah, no, I think I think uh, we're in holiday mode. I think yeah, we are. We are semi in holiday mode. It's all the fake time, man. Okay. Johnny Bone Jones versus Daniel Cormier. All right. John Jones versus Daniel Cormier for the light heavyweight title. Um, first of all, Barry, in the lead up to the fight, I just wanted your view on it. Did you view Daniel Cormier as light heavyweight champion? Or did you view John Jones as like heavyweight champion? Doesn't matter who had the belt. Who did you view as a champion? Yeah, it was more like John Jones was the obvious champion. He was just renting out the belt while he was uh, doing his thing on the side. You know I mean? The way I looked at it was Daniel Cormier was the fella standing there with the belt, but John Jones was the best two hundred five pound fighter on the planet. Yeah. So like, yeah, who did I look to? Like. I was more inclined to see what John Jones had to say. I was more inclined to yeah, know yeah. what, like... I looked at John Jones and thought he was the clear favourite time in, time out. So I suppose, like... As much as jo- Daniel Cormier walked around with the belt, I suppose John Jones I thought as, as the champion. Yeah, if you, if you look back at it now, Daniel Cormier did a great job. Uh, beat Rumble twice, beat Gustafsson. Yeah. Um, that was it, wasn't it? Uh, I feel like he fought someone else. Oh, Anderson Silva. UFC, no, if you had UFC 200, yeah. yeah, that was a fight, but yeah. Yeah, on. that was terrible, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it really was. But the thing is, he was, uh, like, such a worthy champion, as in, like, he represented the organisation great. And he was the uh, bad guy in all of Yeah, he was well. the bad guy, yeah. But he was just, uh, 
He, like, he's a bit. He's almost a bit like Woodley as well, isn't he? Yeah. Except like a more successful version of Woodley. Yeah, but like when you're looking at all these other fighters who are the other champs saying, "I'm not going to fight this guy. I'm not going to fight that guy." Uh, he was always there to fight everyone and did it like just as a true champion would do. So when you look back at his his uh, reign as champion, aka interim champion, um, he did a great job. Look, like, Daniel Cormier, undefeated, undefeated heavyweight. The only person he's ever lost to... John Paul Jones. John, John Jones twice. And the thing is, John Jones is obviously the best fighter ever. Yeah. Bar Conor McGregor. No one's joke. <laughs> now look, John, John Paul Jones has it all. And you know what? DC was actually doing better in this fight than he did in the last fight. This fight was really yeah. close. If you really wanted to argue over the first two rounds... You could almost say it was. You'd be closer saying it was two 0 to DC than you would say two 0 to John Jones. But the only thing I would say about that is, I could see John Jones had a very evidential game plan. This yeah, fight. yeah, yeah. He was going a lot, a lot of leg kicks and a hell of a lot to the body. He was really soft and DC up. Yeah. And you know what? He went so much to the body that you can actually see on the head kick that landed for the finish that it was. It, DC went to block the body, and Jones went high. And you know what I saw earlier this week. Or sorry, actually sorry, after the fight, which was a really telling interview, at UFC 178 press conference before uh, Jones and DC were supposed to fight the first time, then moved at 182. It was those two on stage with McGregor and Poirier. Do you remember yeah. when McGregor started calling P head and all that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and John Jones goes, "Oh, DC has a few talent traits. So I know what they are." And then John, DC actually like told John Jones, he goes, "Oh, it's a left high kick because he saw Barnett land on me." All right, and then John Jones like. Yeah, that's interesting, that's interesting, blah, blah. And then what's John Jones do? Go and land Joe, left high kick. When I was watching it, right, obviously I don't, I don't like, fight it up. But, I mean, you could just see that that was the move that was waiting to happen. I, I don't know. I, so, like, don't you wait sometimes when yeah, you yeah. pick a horse to win, yeah. it wins. You just see it. I don't know. It was just so, like, it was as if, like, a perfect, like, like golf or a swing or a tennis yeah, swing yeah. with a racket. It was, it was just baseball. Bat. Yeah, yeah. It was just, like... The move and it like it was executed perfectly, and then the way he was like literally like a tiger, and then bounced him off the cage with the big knee into the into the stomach, yeah. and then like lights were out. Then like that could have been stopped a bit earlier as well. Yeah, no, first Big John McCarthy did a great job because I always think in those championship fights you have to almost like yeah. let it go one or two more punches. And I know that's not like overly nice thing to say, but it's better than going one or two punches dirty because you're actually taking someone's almost like their livelihood yeah, away when yeah. you take that belt away yeah. from. So. Look, when he came yeah. down to it, John Jones looked ferocious in that finish. He yeah. was slamming those punches down. Yeah. And those punches come from such reach as well. Yeah, but it's funny, like, DC's head's so big, so he couldn't even, he couldn't miss with the punches as well. Like. Yeah, well, I suppose, <laughs> you, uh, like, I just want to talk about rounds one and two for a second, because, like, Daniel Cormier was doing a lot better. He was landing a lot of heavier punches on him. He even knocked John Jones with gum shield out at one stage. Um, he was getting that clinch work in, like DC does. And, look, he, he looked phenomenal, really, DC, compared to, like, anyone else against Jones. I know Gustafsson gave him a good fight. Uh, yeah, you see, this fight was always going to be weird, because Jones hasn't been around for a while, and the last time he was around, mm. he was very unimpressive. Still won, though. Yeah. But, like, it was sort of like, DC was obviously going to be the aggressor with the amount of times he fought in between Jones' last fight. So, like, there was no real surprise. Like, no, like nobody expected Jones to go in and steamroll him. No, but and I think, if they did, they were a bit I think, delusional. I think I think Jones has a good excuse for UFC one ninety seven against OSP because I think John Jones, despite how good he is and creative and off the cuff he is, I think his thing is he's really invested in his team and the game plans that they come up yeah. for each fighters. And I think that's John Jones' biggest thing. I think his team see holds in people where other people don't. So therefore, I think when he fought OSP, it was on short notice. He took this fight and. The team didn't have a long time to assess OSP and game plan for him. So I feel it was more conservative um, style that they went yeah, against yeah. OSP. Very I suppose like Daniel yeah. Cormier, they've been, how long have they been preparing for Daniel Cormier? Ever since John Jones Jeez, beat Daniel yeah. Cormier, he knew he'd eventually have to rematch Daniel Cormier. He knew that was, the fight wasn't going away. Yeah. Daniel Cormier was going to beat so many people in a row that he was eventually going to have to fight him again. Yeah. It's just, it was just like a matter of fact. It was like almost like TJ Dillashaw when he lost to Dominic Cruz. Like TJ Dillashaw was just going to eventually beat enough people to, to get fight. Again, yeah, 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 yeah. And like, all right, it's not Dominic Cruz now, but he was getting to fight for a belt anyway. No, no, I get you. Yeah. So that's just the, that's just the way it was. And look, the Johnny Bones Jones 
is the goat. What a, what a man! Time. What a man after the fight as well. Yeah. yeah by the way, did you see uh, DC was giving out to Big Sean McCarthy saying he finished the fight early? Oh, he was out of it. You apologize yeah. to him, or you say it. it was in fairness, like Daniel Cormier. He, it's almost like I said if it was someone else, you'd almost be like, "What a dickhead!" But because it's him, I'm. I think. DC is only getting the respect he deserves now after he's lost John yeah. Jones because yeah. people actually realise how good he actually is yeah. and it was, yeah oh, and you know what I hated I saw so many people like take that pic oh, I could see it straight away when Joe Rogan was interviewing Daniel Cormier after fighting he was crying some people took memes and like pulled up there and started slating him oh, I think that's just I think that's a bit sad and yeah, pathetic yeah, no, don't, don't, don't blow over I know yeah but I think, it was, I think it's just a bit pathetic as in like someone went in there and fought the best fighter of all time, half naked in the octagon for everyone's entertainment, and then it yeah. for you to make like some fake picture out of it, and then like slag him over. Like when you get to that level of competition, I don't think it's right to make fun of someone over when they lose. I, I know, yeah, but like some people, like I mean, I know, give, I know give, give them half a chance. To yeah, but like some it. media outlets were doing, it. so like I just think like it's a bit, but not energized. Not energized. One of the best MMA podcasts going. Insert Daniel Cormier meme here. <laughs> I'm joking uh, Yeah obviously the best one's come um, Yeah but after the fight uh, I really liked the way Like John Jones Has totally like, yeah. got, uh, Done so 180 yeah. Like went over Just because like Here look it, What's done is done Yeah and then he was done. like He was like He's such a good man He was a great champion yeah. And like he's a good father That sort of thing And like They're the things that Daniel Cormier Prides himself on Yeah So Fair play to John Jones Actually yeah. like Turned his whole entire life around Like From being an absolute yeah. mess And then coming back And doing yeah. that I don't know what I don't know whether he's turned his whole life around. I just feel he's more control. Yeah, because yeah, after the fight, he came out with this one liner, and I, I loved it because it was like it. It was it. It is who John Jones is. After after the fight in the press conference, he goes, "I'm not going to uh, sit up here and promise that I'm going to be a saint because I'm a crazy motherfucker." Right? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, that's who John Jones is. I like the reason he's so good is because he's so loose and because he's such a crazy bastard. But well, he, know, he knows how to put on a chain almost. Like. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, he needs to like, he he needs to surround himself with those good people. Because I I, I I know back in the day, he used to just like bring all his friends around from New York and just like sit there and play PlayStation for about like five months until like some central contract. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? yeah, but like, he was still he, like he was almost like a juvenile to, delinquent then. Though he almost needs to be like he needs to realize that this sporting window and this opportunity to make so yeah. much money is only so small that's that what he's he realised he needs, he needs to actually harness this and that's like, what he's realised yeah. he wants that, he that McGregor money so we'll move on to the main point after that John Jones calling out Brock Lesnar the beast incarnate the F5 machine Brock Lesnar um, do, you, do you even think this fight is even possible because bear in well, mind like, it's not possible for six months yeah obviously yeah but I mean well it'll probably be even longer because it's going to take about like two years for Brock Lesnar to be clean I think if this fight is actually going to happen, John Jones should show up on Monday Night Raw and call it Fuck off. I think if they're going to go for it, they might as well like go all in on it. True, that's actually yeah. a great show. John Jones shows up, Brock Lesnar's in the ring with the WWE belt. I think he's still champion, right? Is he? Uh, yeah, well, like, um, I, I think I know if he lost. He must be one of them anyway. Yeah, hmm. but I, I feel like I would have seen on like Facebook that he lost the belt. So oh, I didn't even know he was a champion. Yeah, uh, so Brock Lesnar is on the belt and he's like I'm the best champ in the world and then John Jones comes out and he goes I'll kick your ass and then like the two of them have like a fake fight in the WWE ring blah blah and then they like bring it over to UFC and the get mankind out, out like <laughs> <laughs> the rock and sock connection and then Dana White's in uh, John Jones' corner and Vince McMahon's in Brock Lesnar's corner is they, hold on, would that even be a fight like <coughs> that's why Brock Lesnar has that problem with his stomach like John Jones would just be like spinning kicks into that into the sternum and then like that that would be all she wrote yeah but Brock Lesnar would outweigh John Jones by about 60 pounds yeah but isn't he like so uncoordinated or something he's like a he's like a bulldog yeah but I think he's one of those things if he gets that takedown on you like fairly fucked yeah, no, but I'd love to see John Jones go up against that because like I don't, yeah, I don't John Jones would be the favorite for the fight, but like put it this way, I'd be very interested. Like a hundred percent, you have my money to watch it. Yeah, oh no, uh, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, like I, I actually apologize. I went far too WWE on that. I, I just, I was just more so like I was like imagining it in my head. Yeah, like, you're reeling in the ears. Yeah, 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 wasn't yeah. It? I was waiting for Stone Cold to come out with that. <laughs> Having cans with Stone Cold. Um, yeah, okay, but like realistically. That John Jones against Brock Lesnar fight is not going to be his next fight. I feel like John Jones is in a similar situation to Tyron Woody. There's no like, there is loads of fights you can make for John Jones. You can put him in against Gustafson. You can put him in against Volkan. People wouldn't really moan, but 
I, I almost feel, yeah. despite how good that first custom fight is, I still don't people feel like people are clamouring for it. No. And I feel like there is no particular fight. But I think it's also, I don't want to see John Jones go up to heavyweight and fight Stipe straight away because I don't think that's a very good matchup for Jones. So I'd rather yeah. see him fight someone else at heavyweight first and test the waters. I would have liked to see him get fight over him, but they're in the same camp, so that doesn't really, that, that's not going to happen yeah. either. Yeah, true. Although well, over, over him, like over him in terms of camp wise, there's not much loyalty there with him as opposed to yeah. Like, but he, he was there posting pictures, being like, "Oh, fair play to my one of my best friends" and all this. Crap. Yeah, but over him, like, is a very like lone. Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, like, I know. You know what I'm going training in Holland? Like, if it meant like he fought Arlovsky, and they were in well, there'll be a massive payday for over him. Yeah. He's looking for a big payday before he leaves. Uh, so, like, hold on, John Jones now, like, he's obviously after getting, like, he's after... If I have to predict who his next fight is, I think it's going to be Gustafsson. Yeah, but he's after hitting a landmark now of, like, that cash getting paid there, right? Yeah. That was a huge payday for him. And, like, is Gustafsson even going to be three quarters of that? You know what I mean? All you can see, UFC 218, John Jones versus Alexander Gustafsson. Well, who else would they put? They're going to have to put another big, like, title, title uh, fight on that card as well to get him even close to that cash. It could be... Um, I, like, I obviously want to see Gustafsson fight. Obviously, the people who watch all the fights would love to see that fight as well. You could be, but it's more like, it's more like, are you going to get half of Ireland to stay awake and watch that fight? Don't really think you are. Yeah, but you could do Khabib versus Nate Diaz or uh, Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz at the co-main event. Yeah, but Khabib's not even guaranteed to make weight anymore, man. All right, you Tony Ferguson Nate Diaz co-main event. Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz is not taking that fight. Nate Diaz knows that if McGregor fights Mayweather, the, the next t- fight could be Nate Diaz for Conor McGregor for the trilogy, for the last fight. I just feel like... And if UFC, Nate Diaz loses, he yeah, can't but, fight for the title. Yeah, well, I feel like UFC needs to, like, slide a briefcase with one and a half, two million <laughs> into Nate Diaz's hands and, like, be like, right, fight Tony Ferguson. Yeah, but what happens if you lose that fight? Then the, that trilogy is off. Yeah, but like, like I just want to see Nate Diaz fight. Like, I know, like, man. So do I. Fights. Yeah. So do I. And like, I think he still was. He has a good chance of beating Tony Ferguson. I feel like he has a less chance of beating Khabib. Because I feel like Khabib's eventually gonna get hold of him. And once Khabib gets hold of you, like, you're actually fairly fucked. I want to see either Khabib or Tony Ferguson although, fight again very soon. Because like, I, like I'm beginning to forget what the, what they even do. Although I'd like to see uh, Nate Diaz versus Khabib trash talk. That'd be quite funny. Ah, Khabib's a bit of a like cringe bag. Yeah, but entertaining cringe bag. So overall, overall yeah. UFC two fourteen great card. Yes, I love the way they put on a good card and it turned out well, and everyone was happy. Bar the people who lost. <laughs> <laughs> you know so, what I mean? so I guess we're moving on to UFC in Mexico. Okay, so Viva La Mexi- Mexico is there's only two fights we're talking about here. Yeah. So. We'll start off with the non-main event fight we're talking about. Smile and Sam Alvey <laughs> versus Sugar Rashad Evans. Yeah. Um, Rashad Evans is like really, really, really needs a win, doesn't he? Yeah, he's own one mil weight, but I think he's own three in the last five or last own three in the last five and <laughs> his last three fights and his last win was against Chael P. Someone, but prior Chael P. Someone like being done for loads of steroids and all that crack, so. Uh, both, it was both a really these... long time ago I think it was 2014 Rashad Evans last win Yeah It was ages ago Yeah Maybe, uh, was, maybe even Maybe he lost the dad bod We were like He's definitely going to beat the dad yeah, bod Yeah 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 I was convinced I was like Oh he looks great And then it just No <laughs> uh, I think his chin's totally gone But uh, neither of these lads Are even sniffing top 15 Oh well I think the winner Will end up in the top 15 what? More so More so due to namesake As opposed to Should Rashad Evans Not be looking for a Quote unquote super fights You know what I mean <laughs> Yeah but against who I know, but I mean, like I think Rashad Evans. Was, Sam idea, Alvey, like, I think Rashad Evans' idea was to go down the middle way, win one or two fights, and then like fight Anderson Silva in a co-main event. He looks too. Sm- he looks so small, doesn't he? Dropping yeah. down the from being if, so big. If, if, if I have to be honest, like I can't believe I'm saying it, but like, I feel like Al- Sam Alvey is going to be the favorite in this fight. Yeah, he probably will win it. Yeah. Like it's weird. Like Rashad Evans takes himself so seriously, and Sam Alvey's there smiling, like <laughs> smiling, and with like a a, a small cut into the back of his head as well. Did you see what he did to like get around the UFC sponsorship thing? He got like he got like a fake tan thing imprinted into his like into his chest. Yeah. So it had like a sponsorship, but it was like fake tan on. Yeah. Yeah. Very us. Yeah. Very smart. Very very fake tan like us. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> I can't believe how like crap this card is in relation to it. But shocking um, card. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to pick Rashad Evans just for nostalgia's sake. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm going with Sam Alvey. That's my... 
And it also his ginger hair matches my ginger beard. I think his wife is one of his corner people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually like that. I don't know why. I just think it's sort of cool. Yeah. They must always like get along. Yeah. Yeah, because like they're wrestling in the gym and they're wrestling in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to but the main event of, of the, the evening. evening. Okay, right. I don't know if it's true, but I'm gonna come out with a fact here. This is the youngest main event in UFC history, is what I'm going to say. That'd Both be... guys are 23, and I can't think of UFC having two younger people headline a main event, a show. Can you? Like, uh, that's that's very no, young, like... No, not in, not in the last while, anyway. Uh, so, Sergio Pettis has taken on Brandon Moreno in the flyweight division. Um, Brandon Moreno, it's, a, like, it's in his hometown. Well, yeah, home well, country. You could home say. country, Mexican. Oh, one thing we didn't actually mention here is extraordinary high altitude in Mexico City. Do you remember yeah. when Velasquez fought for Doom and everyone was like absolutely gasping for breath? Yeah. Remember for Doom went out there like three months early to start training? Yeah, so this is going to be the battle of the cardio kings. Yeah, so thank God they have the flyweights out there because, like, as much as we love a heavyweight, bro, I didn't want to see any heavyweights yeah. fighting that. Brandon Moreno is after really like. Doing brilliantly ever since he was on the Ultimate Fighter. Mm. Um, he actually lost the first round of the Ultimate Fighter. Then he was like a last one of the last minute, uh, last minute fight against uh, Smoka. Yeah, and Smoka was trying to compete to get for a flyweight title. Yeah, and he, uh, he was like one or two fights away. From yeah, him. yeah, he was getting a slight push. Almost, almost if he actually won that fight, you probably would have got it. Yeah, I can't remember who was who Moreno filled in for there, but I remember thinking whoever wins that fight is going to get the title shot. Yeah, and it was funny how he was already ranked then in the top fifteen flyweight. Yeah, uh, uh, before the end of the show. Before the end of the show, yeah, yeah. He has a cool attitude as well. He's like, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he has his like, heart and sleeve. Yeah, he has like young siblings, and like he really sort of treats them as if he's almost like a second father. And I must say, I'm a big fan of Brandon Moreno. He's like a bit of a submission specialist. Because I would have thought Smoker was a submission specialist. But then again, Smoker got tapped out fairly sharpish by him. So, look, he's got two submission wins out of three UFC fights. Not including the Ultimate Fire fight. He's undefeated in the UFC, officially not including the Ultimate Fire. And, to be honest, he looks like he has the higher ceiling than Sergio Pettis. I was saying to Barry earlier that I thought Sergio Pettis might have actually reached the UFC... Too soon, obviously due to his brother. Yeah, well he's twenty three, so like, uh, like, but like if you look at Gaston, Gaston released UFC at twenty one. Yeah, true. Also, Sergio Pettis saw his brother got back on a win streak recently. Um, morale's probably a bit higher in the Pettis house nowadays. Yeah. So, if you factor that into account, it should be a really interesting fight between the probably the two hottest prospects in the flyweight division at the moment. Do you know what? I feel I feel like Pettis has been talked about for so so long and. There's a like his fights keep getting cancelled and mm. all that sort of stuff where the, the, there's no real momentum yet. Yeah. Does he have any momentum? Would you say? No, he's he's won his last three fights, but I think they're all by decision. So yeah, and this Moreno's finished two fights. Yeah, but this isn't even really a push as well. Beat Moreno as well. You know what I mean? Where it works out better for Moreno beating Pettis. Yeah, it's a very unstar sort of card with a very unstar sort of event. UFC must be putting all their stacking all their uh, all the deck into Moreno. Although the fight card will sell out because I have Moreno who is Mexican. Also has Alexa Grasso who's a very yeah. hot and Alan, straw strawway uh, prospect. Yeah, and Alan Joban's fighting as well. Yeah, tonight. and like the amount of women that we're going to kick is to see that handsome bastard. Yeah, they're a manny man. Yeah. Um, who are we look, going for? Who are we going for? Um. To be honest, I think it's fairly much a toss-up, but I'm just going to go for Moreno yeah. because I think he's got more finishing ability. I'm I think go, he's going to get a submission. I'm just going to go for him because I think he's, he's like a cool, cool guy. I just think if it's going to go five rounds, Moreno's going to catch him on a submission at some stage. Think so. that's, that, that's my honest opinion on it. Yeah. I think, I think the longer it goes, Pettis has a better chance. think so? Yeah, well, he, sure, he's trained all the time with uh, his brother. Oh, his brother's always going five rounds as well, yeah. Would his brother be in his, in his corner? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Rufus Port. Um and so I don't know. To be honest. Do you know what? To be honest, I actually don't care who it is. I was just about to say that. Joe, I don't think anyone else cares, bar the people actually in the stadium. I'm Reno's family. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where yes, I'm like I want to go I want to see the fight, but like I think this will be one that I'll probably record and watch the next day. Well, actually I'll be on holiday, so yeah, I'll yeah. actually we'll actually miss it. Thank God it's a crap card that we're missing. Very lucky. Um I'll have a record anyway and I'll watch it anyway. Hopefully we'll... Uh, oh no, we actually might have to find some way of watching it if we're going to have to talk about it the following on Monday. We'll yeah. there. Or we might just not talk about it. We'll see what we happens. We can check it out on Twitter anyway. Okay. Um, 
Also, on Friday, we put it out on our Instagram. If you don't check out our Instagram, where have you been? Uh, the also, May how Mac- you listen to us. Let us know yeah. if you're actually not. <laughs> the May Mac Showtime show, we put the link up. It was on joe.e. 23 minutes long of the four-legged um, press, conference. press conference tour. Um, realistically, they, they were shot very well. But the thing is, they, they like bleeped out the curse words in it. Yeah, but, which uh, is a bit pathetic, really. Yeah, but I like the I like the angle of the way the Showtime actually do it. They like shoot it very well. And your man's voice is great. You yeah, the yeah. Over. It's cool. Isn't it? At the end of the day, I hope all access. At really the end of the improve. day, yeah, I hope all access really improves because I didn't see anything I hadn't already seen yeah. before. But it's gonna be so. four four episodes, so they got they got the whole tour in in the first episode. So the next three will be some better behind the scenes stuff. Hopefully, it'll be yeah. some some you get to see some of uh, the lads sparring like uh, McGregor with uh, Malinaji. I think the, I think the greatest thing about this is that <laughs> I want to see McGregor. The, sparring. the world's got so like video happy that we're gonna see so much footage of all yeah. the training and stuff. Also, uh, apparently with that party, Malinaji and McGregor, apparently like they absolutely teed off each other. Apparently, they went like fully at it. And well, that's class. Yeah, but like I think I think apparently like the two of them got like annoyed at each other and like. Really tried to knock the head yeah, off. Each well, they're both like alpha males, really. Yeah, aren't they, yeah so. they are. Yeah, and I think like Malinaji, despite being there to help McGregor, is probably still semi-insulted that McGregor is going to try and come over to his sport and like try and beat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, but like that. The next, yeah, the next episode is actually on Friday, so make sure to check it out. And obviously, as the fight comes closer, we'll go into it more. Um, also, we want to give a massive shout out to Katie Taylor. What a legend. What a legend. She is scary, man. The funny thing is that I'm never actually going to really know who her opponent is because she's the only female boxer who I actually care about. I think the only other boxer I know, female boxer, is Nicola Adams, who's a gold medal British boxer, but I have no idea if they fight in the same weight class or not. She beat, what, Jasmine Clarkson? Yeah. She didn't get off the stool after, what, the second or third yeah, round? she was knocking the head off him. Yeah. She, she reminded me a bit of Mikey Connell as well. You, like obviously they've gone to the Olympics a few times and trained I'd say they've sparred as well like sure Katie Taylor's fought with like loads of lads but uh, very impressive man like, and she just looks she just looks like, like a different level to all these other women and I'm 90% sure that she's going to fight in the regular card 90% sure that's that's a energised exclusive yeah yeah in fact, no, I'm going to go all in and say I'm 98% sure she's going to fight in the McGregor Mayweather card. We were saying this actually a few episodes ago. Being yeah, like, yeah. She should get some, they should get some of the the Irish people to fight in as well. You know what I mean? And McGregor would I wouldn't mind seeing the Katie Taylor coming out party there and get, having her fight like a very good American fighter. Yeah. Uh, therefore, like it's almost like Ireland versus America sort of thing. They could sort of make it like that as well. They could line it up. I'm yeah. sure Mikey Collin would want to Although would McGregor actually Because McGregor would actually like, like watching all those fights So I don't know if Having all those fights before him Although in fairness He fought before his teammates so yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah So it doesn't actually really matter Yeah that doesn't really no, matter yeah, yeah. yeah Michael Collin Might as well get in the car as well Hopefully yeah we're Still waiting on our tickets To be sent out Yeah Dana You know where we're at Dana Two tickets baby Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was just about doing that as well Were you? Except, Yeah except I didn't know what I was going to yeah, say yeah, yeah yeah I was like Is it baby Yeah uh, Okay We would just want to give a big shout out To the Man United Manchester United's new number 31 Enforcer Yeah um, A lot of people S- A.K.A. Lo- Mark Cullen Has been slating him um, Yeah look Some really really serious And famous footballers Have won, won number 31 For Man United Yeah Mauron Fellaini Yeah Sebasti- or Bastian Schweinsteiger Yeah And now Nemanja Matic Yeah like, uh, like That's like a pretty Like you know Secure list of Top notch midfielders Yeah uh, Maddox is coming to United with two Premier League titles behind him. Oh man, don't don't mention the league titles. They mean nothing. Yeah, that's um, what Liverpool fan told. If you think about it, Maddox will be able to sit in that midfield. Uh, Herrera will do all the dog work, and Pogba will be able to close down the. Well, just be able to do exactly what that ninety million price tag would be able to do. So uh, be very afraid of Manchester United next year, especially if we get a couple more players in. But a solid basis to start the season off, and his first competitive game will be in the Super Cup against Real Madrid. And uh, unfortunately, tomorrow Manchester United play in the Aviva Stadium against Sampdoria, and we are going away that day. So that is uh, that is terrible, isn't it? Yeah, it actually is. Um, oh no, I was going to say we get to see it, but it won't be probably televised on TV. Will it? No, it'll still be on MUTV. And also, unfortunately, Brendan Schab. If you ha- if you don't know Brendan Schab, I don't know what planet you're living on he is doing like a tour of UK and Ireland 
He's doing five shows in Dublin and we're away for all five as well. It's absolutely devastating, yes. But myself and Ross have discussed this and Bellator is coming back to Dublin in November and if Brendan Schaub gets a great reaction in Dublin, he's going to definitely come back with Bellator and he'll probably do a few more shows in bigger venues. So if you're going to see Brendan Schaub's show in Dublin, please... Tell him about Energized. Tell him, first of all, tell him who Energized are, right? Say Energized sent you. Or whatever, just give us a shout out. And he'll definitely be back. And we're, we will definitely make sure we, we get him on the show. Very Energized. Very Energized. So Barry, do we have any final words before we go? And before we go on our plane ride off to Marbella? The only thing I have to say is I have about at least like two hours of ironing to do for just this holiday. And I have to wash this fake hand off as well, man. What about yourself? Uh, I have to go home and wash a lot of boxers uh, to make sure I have boxers for the holiday. Uh, just go just go bareback. Yeah, commando. Uh, <laughs> on that, I'm going to have to go gym time before we go again because all the lads have been smashing the gym last week and I haven't gone once. So I have to make sure I go gym at least once to feel like I'm part of the crew. And the GTL crew? Yeah. Other than that, I think there's not much else to say. Other than... Apart from have a good holiday. Oh, have a good holiday to us. (laughs) And as always... Stay energised!